live. We are live. We'd like to invite your attention this morning uh, in the book of Jeremiah. We're going to go to the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter number 18. We want to invite your attention to the book of Jeremiah chapter number 18. If we have not uh, told you today, if we not have not said it lately, we want to say, Dr. Mel and I, we want to say how much we love you and how much we appreciate your commitment unto the Lord. Amen. Because whatever we do, we want to do unto the Lord. Amen. So we, we want to say that. We want to express our love. Uh, and then, too, uh, as I began to think about uh, the Word of God and, and what God is saying to us uh, in this Word, in Jeremiah chapter 18, Coming, we have to make sure that our coming and uh, fellowship coming together is more than just for emotions, but it is there we're trying to receive. We are a, a word ministry. We are, we are ministry wherein where we can, we can study. As we study, God will take us through the word and we can receive a word for our everyday life. And then we can understand things more better than what we have so but but we want to make sure we understand that 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 it's the word that that's going to make a difference in our life and 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 this is very important very important so as we begin in the book of jeremiah chapter 18 we're going to begin reading at verse number one it appears to be a very familiar text it appears to be it appears to be a very familiar text but we're going to see what um, gems that the Lord will allow us to pull out of this. So as we walk through the scripture, we'll get an understanding even the more. Jeremiah chapter number 18, beginning at verse number 1. Verse 1 says, The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Verse 3 says, Then went down, then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel. So he made it again another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. Verse 5 says, then, then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, can, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord. Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. We like to use for a thought uh, the title, The Remake. The Remake. Let's pray. Father, we, we come now, we seek it out that the Holy Spirit, who is the teacher. We ask now that he will come and he will speak to us. And, and as he speaks to us, we will open up our hearts and our minds and our souls and our spirits. And we will hear what the teacher, what the Spirit has to say. Now, Father God, we pray that not one word fall to the ground. Let nothing fall to our flesh, but God, let everything fall to our spirit. We ask, Lord God, that you just hide me behind the cross. 
Let none of me be seen or shown. But God, I pray that you take this old vessel made of clay. And God, you transform it, God. And you speak through it, God. And let it be your voice that they hear and not mine. And God, I thank you for it right now. Allow me to decrease. Let me return back to that dust. Because God, there, there it takes you to make me to become something. And God, I thank you for it right now. We just give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Now today we want to look at, as we're talking about the, the remake, uh, we're going to try to walk through this. We want to look at the potter. We want to look at the wheel. And we want to look at the clay. We want to look at all three. Now, verse number one says, The word which came to Jeremiah. Jeremiah at this point was a little despondent in his ministry. So God had to speak to him. But God speaks to us in different ways. Amen. So it says, The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise. In other words, he had to ascend. He had to change positions. He says, Arise and go down. It's, it's ironic that God would tell us to ascend or go to a higher level and then he'd tell us to come back down. <laughs> it's amazing. But see, sometimes when we can get so high and we can ascend, sometimes we want to stay there. It's like one of those mountaintop experiences. You want to stay there. You don't want to come back down to earth. Amen? Because there's too much crud <laughs> here on earth. So he tells him to ascend. He says, I want you to go up, but then I want you to come down. Because when you come down, I, I want to reveal something to you. He says, go down. He tells him specifically where to go. To the potter's house. And then he says, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Before we deal with the potter, I want to deal with that part where he says, I will cause thee to hear my words. Now, you would think that somebody's going to be talking. Anytime you think about hearing, you're thinking that somebody's going to be speaking and you're going to hear what they say. But God says, what we're going to discover here is that we can hear by seeing as well, by watching. See, faith cometh by hearing. God gave me, I thought about this. He said, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But God says, oftentimes we miss him because we are not really watching. He said, when we're watching, then we can hear what God is saying. See, it's, it's like through wisdom. If I, if I want to know how to travel, which way to go, and if I'm going to watch your life, whether it's good or bad, then I'm going to know which way I should go and which way I should not go. And it can always come through by watching. Not so much by what we speak. It's about watching. So we're going to see what God is revealing to Jeremiah, even in our own lives. So now we're... we're we're going to a place, and we're going to hear what God has said, but we're going to hear it by watching, perception, okay? Now, he says, go down to the potter's house. He's very specific. Now, let's deal with, you know, he identifies it, the potter. Now, let's deal with the potter. Let's go to Isaiah chapter number 64. Isaiah chapter number 64. And you want to keep your place in Jeremiah, okay? Now, we're going to do a little bit of traveling in the scriptures. Isaiah chapter number 64. 64, because we're going to deal with the potter. Because, see, this is where he sends him. He sends him to the potter's house. Okay? Now, Isaiah 
chapter number 64. I want to make sure we all get there because we want to walk through the Word. We're going to walk through it, okay? So we'll be able to understand and grasp what God is saying because we're going to talk about the remake. We'll get some understanding. Isaiah chapter number 64, looking at verse number 8. We're going to deal with a potter. Verse 8 says, But now, O Lord, thou art our father. Father means originator. We are the what? We are the clay. We're nothing but dust. We are the clay. Clay mixed with water. Dust mixed with water will bring us clay. Or when the streams or when the rivers leave the river and nothing is left but clay. Okay? He says, we are the clay. And thou, our what? Potter. And we are all are the work of thy hands. We all are the works of God's hand. The potter is God. We're the works of his hands, okay? Now, let's go to Romans chapter number 9. Romans. Because we want to deal with we want to deal with the potter. We want to deal with the potter. And we're going to go to Romans chapter number 9. Because see, the potter who represents God, he can do whatever he wants with us. Amen? He, because we're the clay. He, he's the originator, okay? So... We're going to deal with the power first to get an understanding because sometimes we go through things and we say, like, well, wait a minute, you know, why am I going through this? It's because the potter, the potter has chosen for this to happen. Amen? Romans chapter number 9. Did I say 9 or did I say 8? Romans chapter number 9, verse number 20. Romans chapter number 9 because we're talking about remake. Verse number 20. It says, Nay, but old man, who art thou that replies against who? God. In other words, you know, there are sometimes situations and circumstances happen in our life, and then we want to, you know, talk to God and begin to question God and why this happened, why. But God says, you just a clay. Huh. You know, you just, you just a clay. You, 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 you can't be speaking up against me because, see, you don't know what I'm trying to do. So you just got to accept some situations and circumstances. He says, oh, man, who art thou that replies against God? Shall the thing form say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Hmm. Verse 21 says, Have not the potter, meaning God, potter, power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? God said, I can do whatever I want to do. I'm God. I can make one vessel to honor, I can make him honorable, or I can make one dishonorable. He said, I'm God. He said, I'm going to use them all for my purpose. They can all fulfill my plan. He said, but I choose to do what I want to do. Talking about God, okay? Now, verse 22 says, what if God willing to show his wrath? What if he wants to show his wrath? You know, and to make his power, to make his power known, Watch what he says. If I want to make my, uh, 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 release my wrath or to make my power known, he says, what I do, he says, I'm going to do it with much long-suffering. God says, the reason why I don't release my wrath is because I'm a God of long-suffering. Amen. I'm a God of long-suffering. He says, uh, with much long, much long-suffering, the vessel of wrath fitted to destruction. See, the, sometimes some vessels are, are, are fitted for destruction, but because of God's long suffering, he changes his mind and he does not release his wrath. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you. 
Then verse 23 says, and, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had afore prepared unto glory. He wants to reveal the riches of his mercy. That, uh, God knows that, that we're made from just dust. So what he does is he allows his mercy because his mercy is new every day. And, and one thing we have to understand uh, about God is this. God says uh, in Second Peter uh, chapter 3, verse number 9, you really don't have to turn to that, but you can write it down. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9, he says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but he is what? He is long-suffering. So whenever you see a situation, you want to God, why you hadn't dealt with that? It's because God is long-suffering. See, God, and someone said this today, God sees, and, and this is part of this text, God sees our, our ending from our beginning. So God knows how we're going to end up. He knows how we're going to start off, and he also knows how we're going to end up. He also knows the in-between. He, he will tell us a thing that's going to happen with us, but he never tells us what's going to happen in between and so we can get to that place where he wants us to be. But he wants us to know that some situations, and the reason why he has not dealt with them uh, the way man would deal, thank you, Holy Spirit, he said, because I'm long-suffering. He said, I'm not slack. He said, but I'm long-suffering toward us, willing, and this is the reason why, willing that, in, that none should perish. It's not in God's will for any of us to perish. That's why he is long-suffering. It's not in his will. It's not that people won't perish because the Bible says people perish because of lack of knowledge. But God says, I'm long-suffering. I've got something going on, and you have to understand that I am God. I'm God. I'm God. Now, let's go back to Jeremiah chapter number 18. Let's go back to Jeremiah. Let's go back to Jeremiah. And understanding something, too, about the potter. Understanding. The potter, who is God, he has control of the wheel. Hmm. Now, the wheel represents life. Now, potter has control of the wheel. He, he decides how fast it's going to spin, and he decides how much pressure he's going to put on the clay. See, God decides that. Because, see, and what he, what he does is he uses life. He uses life to bring about his plan and his purpose in our life. He knows how much pressure we need, because sometimes we'll get away from God, and we'll go in the wrong direction. But God says, what I've got to do, he says, sometimes I've got, to, I've got to increase the fire. In other words, the wheel has got to spin up a little bit. You know, you know, how, you know how it is like one thing happened and all of a sudden another thing happened and all of a sudden you look around, something else didn't happen. It's the wheel spinning. That's what's going on. God is spinning the wheel. And he knows what it takes. And sometimes he's like, oh, God, I don't know how much more I can take. That's the pressure of God doing what he has to do because he knows about us. He knows about the clay, okay? Now, Jeremiah chapter number 18, looking at verse number 3. Now, verse 3 says, Then, Jeremiah, then I, meaning Jeremiah, he says, Then I went down to the potter's house, and he says, And behold, he walked a work on the wheel. Now, let's see what we're saying, what God is saying here. He goes down, 
And what he observes and what he sees is a work going on. He said he wrote a work. Now, that word work there does not mean work in the sense that we think. In, in, in the Hebrew, the word work there means ministry. And it also means deputy ship. In other words, you have become a messenger uh, sent on behalf of God, or uh, 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 a messenger sent on the behalf of another. So it has to do with ministry. It's okay, God, help me understand you, what, what is he seeing? He says what he's revealing is in this word called work is ministry, not external ministry. He says what, what he's having to work on in us is our private, thank you, Dr. Manley, is our private ministry. Because, see, oftentimes we want to work on the outward ministry, do a whole lot of things, but we leave the private ministry undone. So what he does in order to get us back to the place where we need to be in our private ministry, he has to allow life to deal with us. Amen. He has to allow life to deal with. He has to put us on the wheel. The wheel represents life. So, so that, that, that private ministry got to be taken care of. Because, see, if everything goes so well in our lives, we won't deal with private ministry. Private ministry is what we do with self. Hey, it's about self. You know, and, and so God says, uh, I'm revealing Jeremiah. What needs to happen now is people need to deal more with their private ministry more so than their external ministry because what's happening so much external ministry is going on. Nobody is dealing with the private ministry of their lives. So therefore, they're not as intimate with me as they ought to be. Because see, whatever happens in your private ministry will show up in your public ministry. So if, if nothing is going on in private ministry, you can't expect nothing to happen in the public ministry of our lives. Amen. But we're talking about the about, about remaking because it's it's okay if we're there. God said, "I've got to do some things." He said, "So what I'm going to get you to do?" So what he's doing with Jeremiah? He said, "I want you to watch. I want you to observe. First of all, check on your private ministry. Check on your private ministry." Now he said, "I've got to use life to get you back to the place where I want you to be." Now this is what I found very interesting. Not until maybe a couple of weeks ago or last week. It finally came to me, and I've been preaching since 1983, and that's about 32 years. Uh, verse number four, it says, And the vessel that he made of clay was what? What's that word, marred? Marred in the hand of the potter. I asked God, I said, Now, God, help me to understand. If we are in your hands, how do we become marred? How, the word marred, that means ruined. How do we become marred? All my 32 years of preaching, it never dawned on me, or I never received it from the Spirit until it was time to bring it forward. Now, this is what he says. The way that we become marred in the hands of God is by the word called free will. This is how we become marred or ruined or messed up in the hand of God. It's because of free will. God is a God that gives us our free will. Now, let's go to Genesis chapter number 2. 
Now we want to deal, keep your place there now in, in Jeremiah. We want to deal with Genesis chapter 2, and we're going to look at this free will. We get marred. You know, free will is a choice. Huh. We, we, we become marred or ruined by our choices. Amen. So it's free will. It's free will. Now, okay, Genesis chapter number 2. We're going to look at this thing called free will. Free will. Genesis chapter 2. And looking at verse number 7. Are we there? Genesis is the very first book of the Bible. Okay. Genesis chapter number 2, verse number 7. Now, verse 7 says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed in his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Verse 8 says, And the Lord God, and the Lord God planted a garden, Eastwood in Eden. Eden means the light of God. So man was planted in the delight of God. The Lord God planted a garden, Eastwood in Eden. Eastwood means within. The delight is within. He said, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Put him in his delight. Verse 9 says, and out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the eye. Uh, and then it says, and good for food. The tree, watch this, the tree of life, also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Here, man has a choice. He, he reveals to him that all, all these trees, he emphasizes there's a tree of life, and which represents Jesus Christ, and then there's the tree of good and evil, the tree of knowledge of good and evil tree of knowledge, which represents Satan, Lucifer. We will prove that point, okay? Now, understand that he's giving them free will, free will. He, pl he, puts his, he puts the tree of life there, which represents Jesus Christ. He also puts uh, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which represents Lucifer or Satan. Because, see, even in our today life, we still have a choice. We still got free will. We can choose from the life the tree called Jesus Christ, or we can choose from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is symbolic of Satan, okay? We're going we're gonna to understand that, all right? Now, looking at verse number 15, still in chapter number 2, because we want to deal with this free will, free will. This is how we get marred in the hand of God. This is how we, we get ruined or we get off course. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, verse 15 says, and the Lord God took the man and he put him in the garden of Eden. He put him in his delight to dress it and to keep it. Okay? Now, verse number 16 says, And the Lord God did what? Commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. He gives him free will. Now watch this. But, if, but, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, for in that day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. He gives him a choice. See, in our everyday life, we have choices. See, free will started way back in the Garden of Eden. In God's delight. At the very beginning, when God made man, it, he told me, he said, of all the trees that's out there, 
I wonder why he didn't tell him you can eat from the tree of life. Because see, man at that point was a total spirit being. So but he specifically tells him, like he tells us today, not to eat from the, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That was a purpose. There's a reason why he does that. See, he gives us free will, but he tells us what's good for us, and then he tells us what's bad for us. Amen. Is that not what God does? Is that not what the potter does in our life? He tells us what's good, and he tells us what's bad, right? But he also gives us a free will. He gives us choices, and we can choose which one we want to eat of or partake of, but he also gives us the consequences. Amen. There are consequences to our actions, okay? So he gives them consequences. He tells them, you know, if you eat from the tree of, of, of the knowledge of good and evil, he says, you surely, surely, you surely going to die. Not a physical death, but a spiritual death. We've got so many people walking around, whether it's in the world, whether it's in the body of Christ, that is spiritually dead. Spiritually dead. But they think they got it all going on. There is no intimacy with God. So, so God says, our people need to understand, we got to get back to private ministry. We got to get back to uh, uh, a, a, a time when we spend with God. Uh, I never allow the, the things of, uh, in this life to take us away from the time we need to spend with God. It, it doesn't matter what we got going on or what we have to do. It's the Lord that gives us the breath. It's the Lord that gives us the strength. It's the Lord that gives us the mind to do the things that we have to do. So we don't want, oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. We do not want to disconnect. Oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. We do not want to disconnect. Because when we disconnect from the vine, we're going to surely die. Why? We're the branches. We're connected. And if it doesn't, if, 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 if the flow of God doesn't flow in us, what will happen, we're going to be cut off. We'll disconnect. And we don't want to be disconnected from God. Whenever we're disconnected from God, we will make wrong decisions. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, flip over to chapter 3. Chapter number 3, Genesis. We're still in Genesis now. Just want to walk. We want to teach this morning. We want to teach. Because, see, we got to understand when we look at our, our own life or lives of others, we've got to understand why they became marred is because of their choices, free will. But then we're also going to see the mercy of God, the grace of God. Amen. Amen. Genesis chapter number 3, verse 22. It says, And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us, to know good and evil. Because what I thought you said, I said the tree of knowledge of good and evil was symbolic of Satan. We're going to understand. We're going to see why God says, God says what he says. That, that now man was going to become one of them because, see, they had taken, partaken from the wrong tree. Okay? He says, and now at least he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. See, when, when we taste of God, when we allow the tree of life, when we allow Jesus Christ to come into our lives, we can live forever. See, he does not want us to be in a, a, a fallen condition. And then that's what he was saying about Adam. I do not want them to be in a fallen condition and then eat from the tree of life because then they will remain in that state forever. And that's not God's intent. Verse 23 says, Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden 
to till the ground from whence he was taken. Now, let's understand about this tree of knowledge of good and evil. We don't want nobody leaving here confused, okay? All right. Now, let's go to the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Let's see. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter number 28. It's where we want to go. Ezekiel chapter number 28. Talking about the remake. Ezekiel chapter number 28. Are we there? Ezekiel chapter number 28. Free will. Come on, the remake. Free will. He has him. Tells him what not, where not to, what not to do. He gives him the consequences of his action. Then he tells him why. But then now we got to understand not only knowing that Jesus is the tree of life, but we got to understand why God told him not to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and why God says that now man, uh, they will, if they eat of the tree of life, then they will be just like him. Okay. Ezekiel chapter number 28. Are we there? All right. There's two trees in the garden now. All the trees, and we are trees of righteousness. So in other words, you know, when they, even when Adam knows, they hid themselves when they, when they took from the tree of eat good and evil. When they hid themselves, they hid themselves among trees. We are the trees of righteousness, okay? Sin will make us hide, right? Sin will make us hide behind something. Amen. So what they did, they hid themselves among the trees. They hid themselves among other people. See, we're the trees of righteousness. Sin will cause us, you know how it is, these humongous ministries, you can go up there and hide. Nobody knows nothing about you. But in a small ministry, then everybody will know your stuff, right? Amen, amen. But you can go up in these big ministries and nobody will know nothing about you. You know, you can wear the smile, you can do this, that, and they will not know. You, because what you're doing is hiding among the trees. You're hiding among the people. Amen. You're hiding. Okay. All right. Now, Ezekiel chapter number 28. Let's look at verse number 12. 12 says, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the psalm, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. To look at this, you would think he's talking about a man, but he's not. See, this is why you got to study the Bible. This is why you got to sit in meditation and know what God is saying. Now, verse number 13 says, Thou hast been where? In Eden. Now, Eden is, think about all the billions and billions of years. Talking about Eden now. And you've been in God's delight. Okay? We read that back in the book of Genesis, right? Now, he says this in verse 13. He says, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. He's been there. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardis, topaz, the diamonds, the beryl, the ox, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, uh, the, and the gold. It says, The workmanship of thy fabric and of thy pipes were a was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. So he had that musical, Satan had that musical ability in him at the time of creation. So he's talking about Lucifer now. That's why he loves to get up in, 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 in the music ministry. Okay? Because, see, that's where he had all that in, in within him. He was created with it. Okay? Now verse 14 says, Thou art the what? The anointed 
chair, okay, that covereth. So, so now you know he's not talking about a man because he identifies who he's talking about. He's talking about an anointed angel, okay? He says, he says Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. He had a position. He was covering. He was covering. He was using his anointing, you know. He's saturating. Then he says, And I have set thee so. God had put him so. I have set, mean position. I have set thee so. Thou was upon where? The holy mountain of God. So we know it's not a man. He's talking about Satan, okay? Now, talking about tree good not. See, Satan, no, he knew what was right because, see, he was positioned in heaven right there with God, and he was all right in the beginning. He was all right in the beginning. He wasn't mad at that time, okay? Now, God talks about it. Then he goes and says, Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stone, the stones of fire. He, he, he's, 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 he's up and down. He, he's in the midst of the, the stones of fire, meaning the other angelic beings, okay? Then verse 15 says, Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created. Talking about Satan. Till what was found in him? Iniquity was found in thee. See, he, he knew good. He knew good in the beginning now. But what happens was that iniquity, which means sin, was found in him. So that's where the good and the evil comes from. That's why God is saying, listen, uh, you don't want to partake of the tree of the, of the knowledge of good and evil. Because, see, this is where Satan was. Satan had a taste of both. He, he, he knew good, but because sin was found, then he wanted to exalt himself above God. So sin was found in him, okay? Verse 16 says, By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou have what sin. Therefore I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stone to fire. He said, I've got to remove you. So there he is. There are two trees now. Now they're in the garden. That's, that's Jesus. One represents Jesus Christ. And then the other one represents Lucifer. Lucifer knew both. He knew both. He, he, he knew about being good. Talking about Satan. He knew about being good because he was created correct in the beginning. But then sin, he got caught up in sin because of his beauty. I mean, you know how sometimes we can get vain glory? When, when God allows us to do great mighty things, we can get, get, get caught up in with vain glory. So, so here where we see, and the beauty of this too is, when you go to the book of Revelations, I don't know if I want to go there yet, you'll find that the tree of knowledge of good and evil is no longer there. Only the tree of life is there. And you look, I think it's Revelation chapter number 22. Now let's go back to Jeremiah chapter number 18. Let's go back to Jeremiah chapter number 18. So we understand, we understand now that, that how we become marred in the hands of God is by free will. It's by our choices. It's by our choices that we make. This is how we end up in situations that, that we end up. It's about choices. Now that we know how we end up there, and we wonder why God doesn't discard or do with us or others the way we would think, okay? Because remember now, God says now, he's not slack in regards to his promises. But one thing God wants us to know that he doesn't want anybody to perish, okay? 
So when we go to Jeremiah, back to Jeremiah chapter number 18, reading the latter part, the latter part of verse number 4, it says, So he made it, what? Again, another what? Vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. So here is the mercy and the grace of God. God never discards the clay. God never discards us. He he, he never does that. What he does is he allows us to stay on that wheel called life. He allows the challenge, thank you Holy Spirit, he allows the challenges of life and the pressure that he releases to us by life or through life in order to get us back where we need to be, working on our private ministry. Okay, because that's when we basically cry to God when we're going through, right? More so than any other time. That's when we really cry out to God. But God says, I want my people to understand this, that I don't discard you. Because, see, he said, I know that you're just dust. I know that you're clear. I, I know what you're framed of. I know what you're made of. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to put you back on the wheel. I'm going to put you back into life. And I'm going to begin to make it all over again. That's where the remake comes in. God said, I will redo your life. I don't care what the situation is or what the circumstances are. God said, I'm going to put you back on the wheel. So anybody else uh, that you know and you see them going through and what the situation, and we wonder, well, God, why have you done this? Why you haven't done that? I don't understand, God. God said, listen, I'm God and you're the clay. You're the clay. You're the dust. You, you don't tell me what to do. I, you do what I do, what I tell you to do. And the way I teach you, thank you, Holy Spirit, God says the way I teach you, I teach you through life situations. He said, this is how I teach you. He said, that wheel, he said, I will speed up life. I will change things in your life. He said, all I'm doing is remaking you to remake. I mean, you, you were once made, but you became marred. You became broken. The things in, in life, that the things that we put in front of God, uh, we choose to be idols rather than having God in our life and him being the, the supreme, the number one thing in our life. Then God said, what I will do is, he said, on that wheel, he said, yeah, you're going to get some things that got to be just broken, saying something has to be discarded. He said, but I, oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. He said, but I will take those broken pieces. Ah. He said, I will take those broken pieces. He said, I'm going to, see, he's God now. He's God. See, he, he can put a little bit of uh, 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 water and in, in, in vapor in, in, into those broken pieces. And, and only God can make them come back together again. Only God can do that. He said, I'm going to bring it back together again, those, those, those broken pieces. He said, what I'm going to do, once I, I begin to shape and form and squeeze. That's what God does in our life. He's shaping us to be what he wants us to be. And then what he says what's happening is not only do I shape you, he said, but I got to mold you. In other words, I got to put some pressure on you. I got to apply pressure. See, if we don't, if God don't apply pressure in our life, we'll remain the same way, right? Tribulations, trials will bring about that, that, that pressure that we need in order to conform to the will of God. See, God, it's about his will because so often we do our own thing. We do our own will. We do, it's our will, right? But God said, no, 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 no. He says, it's his will, and we've got to learn how to apply 
the wisdom and knowledge and understanding to be able to carry out God's will for our own lives. See, we get so caught up in stuff that we forget about the God, the creator. We, we forget about the gift. We forget about the giver. You know, we, we forget about that. God says, but I've got to remake you. So if you, I hear your Holy Spirit. He says, if you're going through anything today, he says, understand this. I allowed you to go forward in your own way. In other words, he says, I allowed you to have your free will. And I was going to see how far you was going to go before you acknowledged that you needed me. Huh. He says, so I'll let you go. I'll let you run wild. I'll let you do whatever you want to do. He says, I gave you free will. He said, you made some right choices and you made some bad choices. He said, but now it's time for me to go to work on you. Huh. He says, it's time for me to go to work on you. So in order for him to go to work on us, God says, I got to put you back on the wheel. I got to take those broken pieces and I got to put them back on the wheel again. He said, I got to, I got to allow the challenges of life. See, life is what teaches us. Life is what puts us on our knees. Life is what makes us cry out to God and say, we need a Savior. Life will teach us, listen, God, I can't do anything apart from you. God said, I'll let you run around. I'll let you go on out there. But God said, in a, in a moment, I'm going to start reeling you back in. He said, but I'm going to have to start again. He said, I'm going to have to decide how fast, how fast I spin the wheel. And you know what, it is? what God says is this. He says, how long we stay in those circumstances in life is determined by the clay. What do you mean, God? How long those pressures of life comes, the speed of the wheel, the speed of the challenges of life is all determined by the clay. We are the clay. Remember that now? We are the clay. He is the potter. How do I uh, slow down the wheel, or how do I ease up the pressure? Anybody want some pressure eased up? This is what God says. Start yielding. He said, start yielding to his will. You see, when it comes down to clay, you know, you know how you start playing with clay and you begin to shape and mold? It has to yield to whatever you're trying to make it to be. And see, if you don't yield, you want to become hard. You know how it is some of us want to be hard? That's I got to break you. See, God, and God will break you. The harder we, we bump God, he says, okay, you're just making it a whole lot harder on your own life. He said, but if you really want to know me, he said, begin to yield. Begin to submit. Begin to take on my will and not your will. And he said, then the pressures of life will ease. Why? Because you have now yet become obedient. Thank you, sister. Now you have become obedient to the will of God. The remake. You decide. You decide how long you're going to stay on the wheel. You decide. I decide. It's your choice. You can choose. You can either, we can either choose, we can either choose the tree of life, who is Christ, or we can choose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is symbolic of Satan. In other words, he knew good, but he also knew evil too. Why? Because he experienced both. See, we can experience both, both of God. We can, we can experience the goodness of God, and we can experience the wrath of God. It's just up to us what choice we want to make. 
See, and that's where his grace comes in. God says, it's time for the body to begin to yield. If you want your life to change, you want to see things different, God says, start yielding. And see, he has given us the ability to yield. It's not that he has not given us the ability. He gave, he gave us the ability to yield. Huh. But it's us, free will, huh? free will, huh? that chooses to buck God and make it whole. And what does he do then? He takes something and he just cracks and busts. Huh. How many of us have been busted before? Because we done got so rigid, huh? so hard, so disobedient, and the only alternative is to whack, crack. That's what God has to do. He has to, he has to bring about those shattered, broken pieces again. That's what he has to do. And, and, and remember now, but he loves us so much, he's willing to put us back. That's grace. That's grace. That's love. He's willing to put us back. And allow us to be remade again. And listen what it says in the latter part. He says, uh, so he made it again another vessel as seeing what good to the potter to make it. So the, the, so, so the remake now is good to the potter. In other words, the remake is better. And this and pleases God. When he remakes us and we, and we become what he wants us to become, it pleases him. It's in God's goodwill to, to, to bless his people, to make them prosper. It's, a, it's his goodwill. He says, I know my plans for you. He says, they're, they're plans of peace. He says, it's not of evil. He says, I even know your expected end. So for your expected end, God says, I got to do some stuff huh, in order for you to reach your expected end. I hear the Holy Spirit saying, we're done. I hear the Holy Spirit saying, don't worry about your destination. Don't worry about what he told where he told you you was gonna go. He said, just enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. How do I enjoy the journey? He says, when you get down there at the potter's house, he says, you start watching. Watching for what, God? Watching for me to work. Watching where I'm working. Watching what I'm doing in your life. Begin to praise me for the good things. Begin to see the things that I'm doing in your life that you cannot see. Because all this other stuff, it blinds you. But God says, start watching. Start looking for me. In every situation in your life, God says, start looking for me. And watch me work. Watch me work. Don't look for me to always speak. He said, but you will hear me through by what you see. Because see, what you're going to see is you're going to see the, the part of it work in your life. You'll see the part of it work. Now, come on, y'all. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for his word. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. We just thank him. We thank him. Praise God. We thank him. Praise God for his word. The remake. You know, I don't know what I, I know what I've been through, but I just can't wait to see the, the, the remake of me. Huh. I just can't because it's got to be greater. It's got to be greater. So I'm thankful, I'm grateful uh, to the Lord. I'm thankful and grateful to God. I'm thankful. So um, please, uh, uh, ma'am, and please, sir, 
Take a trip. Take a trip to the potter's house. Huh. Take a trip. And then do a reflection on your life and see what's, what God is really doing. See what he's doing. And I tell you, it's a wonderful thing to see what God is doing in our life. I just I praise him for that. I just praise him. Amen. Amen. So we just honor the Lord. Does anyone have any prayer requests? We want to do prayer requests. Anyone have a prayer request? David. Pray for your mom and your family. Amen. And Sister Sandra. And what is the grandfather's name for going? Scott. Uh, Mr. Scott. We want to make sure we pray for him who has had heart attack and has a tumor, brain tumor, who is in the hospital. He's not speaking now. Am I correct? He's not able to speak. He can hear but not able to speak. But we want to remember Mr. Scott that we pray for him and pray for Madison. Uh, Madison is the little girl that uh, she's about five or six years old. Like seven. She's seven. She comes here sometimes with, with Sister Sandra. And pray for her mom, uh, Shanda. Shanda. Shandy. I can never get her name right. Shandy. Shandy. We want to. Okay, Shandy. We want to pray for Shandy that, that the God will carry the family through. Amen. Uh, Ballinger family. <coughs> Praying for the Ballinger family. And, we, and the Hill family. We're going to pray for the Hill family as well. We're going to pray for everybody. Amen. Amen. We all need prayer. Amen. Amen. And, of course, we're remembering, uh, we want to make sure when we make CDs, we want to make sure uh, Minister Marshall gets the CD. I think Sister Didi listened to it online, uh, the message. She listens to it online. So <coughs> at this time, I want to ask how many people want CDs before we, before we pray. Okay. We have one, two, three, Ricky, four, five. Am I right? I think five. Minister Mary makes six. So you all can drop Minister, if y'all don't mind, drop Minister Mevin uh, CD off uh, on, way, on the way back to get. Amen. All right. So uh, share six CDs. Hopefully, hopefully I got that count right. Amen. So please, ma'am and please, sir, remember, uh, of course, too, I want to say this before we go into prayer. Uh, next Sunday, I think it's Easter Sunday, even though Easter's a pagan holiday. Is that next Sunday? Yeah. Fifth? Even though Easter's a pagan holiday holiday, uh, but we always say Easter, but it's a pagan holiday. Uh, we, through the history, you understand uh, you know, about Easter. It wasn't because they were excited about Jesus and you know, all that stuff. No, it wasn't about that. But <coughs> um, Dr. Manley was going to uh, speak next Sunday. He's, he's going to be uh, uh, speaking next Sunday, so we have to lift him up in prayer. Uh, and then, of course, afterwards, we'll, we'll continue uh, sharing the gospel, but He's, he's going to stand next Sunday. Um, uh, we also will be having communion next Sunday as well. We're going to have communion next Sunday. Uh, so we, uh, what is communion? What we take is communion is a, a symbolic representative of the Lord's Supper, which is uh, a little cup of really grapefruit juice. We don't do real wine. Okay? And, and <laughs> only, David, only David can do that. And we have the bread, which is symbolic of, of, of this broken body. So we will be doing that next Sunday. Uh, and we, we ask that you pray, continue to pray. And uh, 